Welcome to Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette will give you honest, in-depth book reviews and share book-themed rambles that may or may not on occasions take a dark and twisty, if not utterly bizarre turn. Reviews start with light spoilers, if you want to know if the books are any good, and then we head to the spoiler floor, where we give a blow-by-blow breakdown for any of you cheeky chappies who want to sound like you've read the book, but just don't have the time to read it. But all those of you that did read it and thought, what the fuck? Either way, be warned, every episode will contain spoilers and language that some listeners may find offensive, thus the explicit rating. So consider yourself thoroughly fucking warned. <laughs> now, take a seat, buckle up, buttercup. It's time to begin. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special Halloween edition of Two Crones and a Book. It's very early in the morning when we're recording this, so we do apologise in advance for our very, oh very croaky voices. And I can't even see. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise if you caught that. I'm having a coughing fit at the time. This is going to be horrendous. I cannot wait. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, I am your host, Annette, and with me as always is... Show! Show! <laughs> Two very tired crones. Croaky crones today. Yes, so, we have a very special Halloween episode for you. As promised, a couple of months ago, we did a sneak peek of Clay McLeod Chapman's uh, Ghost Eaters, which we were very excited about at the time. Oh, mate, it was so good. It was a, such an amazing read. And this is going to be our full spoilerific review because uh, the book was released on the 20th September. So by now, you should have read it. You should have read it. It's plenty of time. Or um, you could have listened to the audio book, which was, was released on the same day, um, yep. narrated by uh, Elizabeth Rogers, clocked in at nine hours, 20 minutes. So right. nice, easy listen. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't, please pause, go and have a listen to that and come back to us because you're going to want to delve into this one. It's an absolute gem. I'd say, yeah, it was really, really good. I think out of uh, all the stuff of his that we, we've read, because we started with Whisper Down the Lane, it is just getting darker and darker and it's just it's just it is so good we're not even going to lie or wait till the end it just it was good and the only reason that we didn't release at the time uh, the full normal episode is because we didn't want to be rude and release that level of breakdown before you all had the opportunity to go and get the book no definitely like Annette said now you should have all gone and read it or listened to it so now we're, we as promised we're gonna delve in right let's go for it shell Okay, so just to, to summarise, uh, we'll follow our normal format, we'll do a little bit and then we'll hit the spoiler floor. We'll do the very early part of the book. Timeline-wise, this does jump back and forth uh, from the present day uh, to flashbacks. Although the book does open in the past, it's told from the point of view of the main character, which is Erin, in the present. Um, it starts with four friends taking an acid trip in a cemetery, so you, you know where that's going already. Uh, you know it's just going to get freaky, and it does. There's uh, The thing that all sticks in my mind from that scene is the stone cherub that's moving its head and blinking at her. Mm. Just nightmare shit, yeah. Uh, they almost get caught by security guards, um, and when they're hiding, Erin ends up shagging Silas on a grave, 
um, while they're trying to hide from the security guard. Um, even though she's having like a really bad trip, there's like she thinks there's maggots and stuff crawling in her. Uh, right from early on, there are alarm bells about Silas. Right from the beginning, I thought he was a prick. Ooh. Don't know if you agree with me. Or oh, a hundred percent. I mean, this is the kind of toxic relationship that you've anyone has been familiar with at least once in their life, surely. Yeah. It just um, it's very clear that that Silas is the alpha of the group, but he, that he's toxic. Um, to the, and that's reflected in the group because in Erin's head she runs along going, but Silas says. So instead of Simon says, she goes, Silas says. Silas wants this. Yeah, definitely. So we jump forward to like the present day where we find out that Silas is a, a drug addict where they all kind of just had it recreationally when they were in college. He yep. just stayed mainline hardcore. <laughs> mainline hardcore. <laughs> But everyone, especially Aaron, is still um, catering to this douchebag. Yeah. Doing his bidding and basically putting up with his shit. So, like, not holding him, holding him accountable, but not holding him accountable. Yeah. They're really enabling him, aren't it they? It is, at the end of it. That's what it is. It's enabling this behavior. She goes out on this date with this guy, and he's, like, the polar opposite of Silas, yeah. this guy Tanner. And, you know, this... When you're listening to them, you know, it's actually really sweet. And you're kind of like, even though he's not really her type, or you, you can tell he's definitely not her type, but, you know, he he's trying. It's someone yeah. that's making the effort for her rather than the reverse. Yes. But then her phone starts going off and she knows Guess it. Who? Yeah, Silas's name. And she's trying, like, I'm not bothering, not bothering. But at the same time, she cannot get a, yeah. resist silas silas's call so yeah um they end the date quite early you know it's and um make pla- he'll make plans to call her again she's she's not so into it so it's silas and he wants her to go and pick him up from um the rehab so she drives up to it and he's outside um mm. with like no shoes on jumps into yeah. the car panicked and then sort of like is acting quite erratic and says, did you see them? Yeah. And she's like, I don't see anybody, you know, and she's a bit freaked mm. out by it. Like, there's nobody there. What is he panicking about? So she drives back to the back to her apartment with him. Her and Amara and Tobias set up an intervention for um, Silas because at this time he's moving, trying to move loads of books into her apartment yeah. without any warning. You know, he's just taking full advantage. He, he's invading her space. Yep. You know, with no thanks, no nothing. And she's like, enough's enough. So they set up the intervention. It does not go well <laughs> at all. Uh, it ends with Erin screaming at Silas that he's dead to her. And lo and behold, Silas dies. Not right there dun, and dun, then. Dun. Yeah, not right there <laughs> no, and then. No. Yeah. Oh, drop dead. No, this is like, so he's gone for a couple of days. She doesn't hear from him. And then she gets the news that he's died. She's distraught to the extent that she can't even go to the funeral. It's too much. She can't deal with the reality of not having Mm. him in her life. Yep. Um, When she's in this, for want of a a better phrase, this this pit of despair, Tobias rocks up. And Tobias has always been the softest one of the group. Mm. But he, he rocks up and he says that he's got a plan and that they can still reach him. Amira's really not feeling this concept at all, but she she agrees. Um, so Tobias then takes him to uh, this new build estate, 
and starts uh, he's, he's chatting about how they need somewhere that's not already haunted uh, and then when they get there Tobias says that they're going to have a, a seance but they need to take this special tablet that, that's called ghost now Amira thinks that it's a joke but again she agrees I, I think Amira really was there for Erin all the way through I think a lot of what she chose to do like here it was to try and help Erin get over her grief well i think as part though as we find out later on it's not just dealing with erin's grief it's dealing with i think partially her own grief as well yeah so anyway they they agree and she they amira thinks it's a joke but she takes the tablet anyway now at this point is when we start to move from being a story about friends and addiction towards horror that's where the horror starts to set in isn't it yep. so do you think we should go to the spoiler floor i think we might have to Awesome. Jump on in. Next stop, the spoiler floor. So, Michelle, mm. want to get haunted? Like, fuck <laughs> you, like, you can all fuck off, mate. And after this, am I... Touching mushrooms for at least a month of my egg. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my god, I love mushrooms. Mushrooms on toast. I love. Yes. I love. <laughs> I love mushrooms in like um white wine sauce, garlic and white mm. wine sauce. Mm, yum. No, not no more. Mm-mm. Mushrooms on cheese on toast. Oh, stop it. That's good. That's really good. The 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 tapas one with the garlic and the white wine. Oh. Now, forget it. Thanks, Clay. I can't even look at a mushroom. <laughs> Not be sick. Yeah, especially when we get to the end. Oh. <laughs> so, again, moving on in, in the book. So, now we get down to the nitty-gritty, and this is where we really start to give stuff away. So, the seance has taken place. Tobias talks everyone into taking the tablet, and Amira thinks that it's a joke, even though she took the tablet anyway. Erin almost straight away starts tripping like fuck and she notices the light reflected um, off the top that's over the windows because these houses aren't fully built and, and she sees that there are four shadows against the wall but there's only actually three of them there. Tobias doesn't think it's worked because Erin doesn't share this shadow thing. He doesn't think that it's worked. He has a little bit of a meltdown and says that, that they have to do it again. Uh, Everybody's yeah. really not feeling it. Sorry, it was the count. One, two, three, four. <laughs> I was counting. Four, four. Um, anyway, he manages to talk them all into it and they try again the next day. And when they do again, Erin again trips off her tits and she sees a shape in the corner, but ref- Amira just absolutely point blank refuses to look. Yeah, so Erin starts to choke and she can't catch a breath of breathe. And then this, the next thing, this this white viscous... Um, goo starts coming out of her throat um, and it's it's ectoplasm uh, like you used to see in the old like Victorian pictures yes or if you yeah. look those up online they look mm. they, they're amazing but disgusting at the same time yes yeah so check those out um, so it starts to come out of her mouth and white mucousy tendrils start spreading from it 
and Tobias freaks out, pushes her away. But Amira is the one that helps um, Eren out by just like grabbing hold of one of the tendrils, but it so lightly easily breaks and it snaps. And then, then it all turns into like a slush on the floor. But Tobias put he's the one who's thrown her away from him. It was his fucking idea. Yeah. He's just like, he's like pushes her away. Don't touch me. But it's like you you <laughs> did this to me. Um Tobias uh, then tells them that what they've actually taken was a powdered mushroom that's been used by shamans to conjure up spirits. Amira has had enough and wants yeah. and <laughs> at this point so this is the line? This is the line. <laughs> White shit flying out of people's mouths. That's the line. Yeah, okay. She wants to say she, she didn't see anything, even when Erin says she needs to do it again. Um, so Amira is the only one, uh, the only voice of reason. And she says that it's what friends do for each other. And it just, it just isn't healthy. Yeah, she's just like, this, this isn't what friends do. No. It's like, uh-uh, no, don't care. I don't, you know, this is, we're mm. torturing each other. And for what? Yeah, I mean, she like you've just said, so that's the line. I, You know, if someone's giving me a strange tablet, I'm going to be like, no. Exactly. Someone's sneaking you pills. No, 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 no. Yeah. Always know what you're taking before yeah. beforehand. I mean, that's that's rule one. I mean, when everybody is, is asleep, Erin tags the, the wall with Erin is here, and that's quite a theme for her. Um, so rather than putting Erin was here, she always puts Erin is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she notices Silas's old notebooks. He was always carrying these notebooks with him. And it's what Tobias has been using to follow instructions for the seances. But when she looks in it, it's empty. It's blank. Mm-hmm. The lights start to flicker. Uh, and when she goes back to look at the book, the word Erin, the words Erin was here, have appeared. And then the tarp covering one of the windows starts to pulse back and forth like it's breathing. Ugh. Yeah. She looks at the notebook again, and there's more writing now. And now it says, find me. So Erin now hears footsteps, and she follows them upstairs, upstairs, and spray painted on the wall is, I am here, where are you? So this is where our horror starts to kick in. I mean, I'm out of there, mate. I'm so, the rare occasion that I will run. You know, <laughs> I'm going to see my fat ass disappearing over the hill. Not, not that you just be choked to death by ectoplasm. Like, okay, bad trip, puked. A solid white mucus, <laughs> what have you? No spray, mystery spray paint on the wall. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm off. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> so she calls out to Silas. He appears, and they have a, a little kiss. And uh, this is all this, by the way, that we've just covered. <laughs> just so you know, up to page 115. <laughs> exactly now if you think of a book that that's not that far in that's like probably a session no a good a good session yeah. and a half of reading so we have a flashback to her in um, the hospital when um mm-hmm. this was after the very beginning when they'd had sex in the graveyard and erin is yeah. now having an abortion as a, a follow-on to that um she fell pregnant as i said from the graveyard experience and it's only silas that knows that she's pregnant she didn't tell any of her family she didn't even tell amara her best friend in the world yeah she comes out of the flashback and as she begins to focus silas is still there with uh milky white eyes and uh, a bloated tongue 
She get uh, she gets a, a really bad cramp in her stomach, and he says, "I knew you'd bring me back." Yeah, I don't want to bring you back. Fuck not, off. Not like this, I didn't. You. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she zones out and falls into a sea of black and feels like she's drowning. Yeah, at, at, at this point, Amira's now had enough of all the shit that's going on and, and gets her and Erin out of the house. So there's alarm bells obviously going off as if they should have been way before this, but this is the point for Amira and she gets them out of the house. Tobias won't leave the house though and, and says to both of them, well, go on then, go, go mm. back to your life. Now, Amira still won't admit that she's seen anything and she just drops Erin home. When Erin gets home, we find out that she's stolen some of the mushroom pills called Ghost. And she's nicked them from mm. Tobias's bag. She she so desperately wants to see Silas. Um, but now she wants him all to herself. She doesn't want to share him a, a no. seance. So she, settled down, she settles down in her apartment and uh, drops one of the tablets, but nothing happens. She's she's no patience for waiting around. She's so desperate yeah. for that fix of Silas again. Uh, she goes to take another one, but it spills out and she busts the capsule, snorting it off the ground. Then it kind of reflects their relationship, doesn't it? That she always has to go back for more. Yeah, at this point, it's like she's more addicted to him than she is the the, the drug itself. At this point, her addiction to him yeah, is so it's strong. It's like it's out of control completely. And and the fact that she has the ability to call him up whenever she wants by taking this is is the most powerful yeah. draw for her because it's like almost like a, a sick way of having control that she never had when he was alive. It is. It's like the power's in my hand. I can have him whenever I want him rather than the other way around. Yeah, he'll come running rather than me running to him. Yeah. Yeah. So and that power is so addictive to her that she she will take it however she can. Erin uh, blacks out, and when she wakes up. The tag she had on her wall that says Erin is here has changed to Erin was here. Mm -hmm. So and then her phone rings and uh, it turns out she's late for the first day of her of her new job. Yeah, which is a job that her like her dad got the interview for a bit of nepotism there. She mm. had the interview which we missed. Uh, obviously we skipped past, but it was like you don't even have to try. There's yeah. no effort in this. It, it's a it's a done deal. Your dad's a friend, yep. you know. But she cares so little about it that she's even forgotten that she had mm. to do it in the first place. So she, as she's getting ready, she looks out of her bedroom window and sees a woman. Oh, now this bit. There's a woman outside wrapped in plastic, yep. just looking up at Erin's window, straight into Erin's eyes. Uh, so she goes out to talk to her. And and she's standing in the, the descriptions of these. We just can't even begin to do the do it justice. It was so well written. Um, but she reaches out and she pulls the top off of the woman, and then all this water starts pouring from this woman's mouth, and she starts to to do a scream. Erin's totally and utterly freaked out, but she just ends up walking. It's, it's almost a little bit like she begins to disassociate because she the, she leaves and and she goes to work. Um. Yeah, when you I would say when you read is giving me very much it follows vibes. Yes. Yeah. It's just so and, quiet and unassuming at first. Ugh. Yeah, and I, I mean the language in this, it, it was there was lots and lots of fabulous subtle horror language. Yes. Um. So like when she gets to to work and she describes the the sound of someone typing. Because it's like she's freaking out, you know. She's either coming down or she's still riding out the high, 
but she describes the sound of someone typing like a, a Karen Crows. It, it just, it's all very subtle put in, but it all adds to that atmosphere. Definitely. There's such a feeling of unease. Yeah, all the Be- way through it. Yeah, but this is where it particularly kicks off because, as we said, this is outside of the the house, yep. the the clean, fresh new house. And now she is in the middle of Richmond, Virginia. And if anybody knows anything about Richmond, Virginia, it has a very heady, heavy, mm. dark history and past. Yeah. The you know the ghosts that would be haunting this city would not be nice. It would not be nice. There has been so much death there in their history. So this it's that bubbling undercurrent waiting to happen and you don't know where it's going to come from to the point that you 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 think, okay, well, nothing's going to happen. And you get lulled in almost into a false sense of security. With the yeah, because at this point she's now at work, and you think, well, what's going to happen at work? Yeah, you know, exactly. She's describing like the typing is a Karen of crow, so you've got that subtle warning that something's going to happen. Yeah, there's something not quite right. So she can smell what she thinks is barbecue when she's <laughs> in this building, and assumes it's someone's lunch. But when she looks up, she sees a burnt man. Mm. Yeah, so it turns out the building used to be a factory that burnt down. And this man is getting closer and closer. So she runs to the toilets where she pukes up more of the ectoplasm of the white goo. And the ghost comes underneath the toilet and starts to lap up the goo off the floor. Again, it's just this this whole theme all the way through the book is addiction, isn't it? You know, she's initially addicted to Silas. Yeah. Then we're, we're, get, we're getting this, um, Silas was an addict. Now the ghosts are addicted to whatever the goo ectoplasm is. It's, it, that's how they're behaving. Yes. It's just, addiction was a really strong theme in all its, its, its forms that you could imagine. It's not just drug addiction. No, definitely, definitely. It, 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 it's like the toxicity of everything, isn't it? And yeah. Being drawn to that toxic behavior whether it be relationship wise or denial mm, of things yeah. happening and the draw to it it oh this i can't we can't praise this book enough it's so good after that incident uh she leaves she leaves work obviously like absolutely traumatized uh, but she still has to go through the pretense of going to her father's birthday party <laughs> knowing all this is going on um yeah. still not right she's having a really rough time of it yeah. so she she um she's got a thing about this dress that she's wearing she wore it to her interview this little black number she wore yeah. it uh, it's, she refers to it as her interview dress then her funeral dress come um first day at work dress and now it's her party dress yeah so the, the, there's this consistency of this dress and it's I suppose it's the the diff. I don't know. Would you kin it to like the different roles you have to play? Yeah, and I think as well at this point, it 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 might have been significant to her. The way the way that I would come at it is, it might have been significant to her because it seems to be the only consistent thing in her life at that point. It's the only thing that's been naturally transferable through all the the interview, which we haven't really covered, but it there was a little bit of a creepy moment in it that was quite traumatic. Mm. What would have been the funeral dress, even though she didn't go, and that was another trauma. 
then the first day at work, which again is, is quite stressful and traumatic. Yeah. And now she's going to this party. So it kind of lines you up to think, well, if three of those four already have been traumatic, is the party dress version now going to be traumatic as well? Yeah, yeah. Think of it as sort of like the, the red flag, isn't it, really? It's yeah. going to lead you to the next... Yeah. I didn't even think of it like that, you clever, clever minx. It, no, it's, it's just like a stitch. That It's the one consistent thing through yeah. all of those traumas. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even make that connection. I love it. I was paying attention at that point, obviously. Let's see. <laughs> all these little details. Oh, I'm telling you now. So she's having a bad time. And uh, she's still coming down from the ghost. Another brilliant description here that you pointed out before, Michelle, is a string quartet plays an innocuous concerto in the background, but all I hear are horsehair bows shrieking over cat gut strings. Oh, I loved that line. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, taking something, again, that should be beautiful and soothing. And breaking it down into its purest form. And it, it is. It's it's horsehair over catgut strings. It is. It's, it's how did it get there. It's, a, it's, uh, it's like the conversations that I had during this yeah. dinner party with her mother where, where they're talking about the um, the statues mm. um, of the old like generals and things like that. Yeah. And slave owners is like... And how she refers to it, well, some people have a problem with it, but it's our history yep. and it's, they shouldn't yeah. shy away from, yeah, but it's like, you're looking, you're thinking of the aesthetic of this statue, but think about what got that statue there. Yeah. And it's, it's all horse hair and cat cats. It's all that, that, do you know what? That should be the new saying in life. Oh baby, it's all horse hair and cat guts. <laughs> I got to try and drop that into a meeting and see if anyone notices. <laughs> You're talking nothing but hot, hairy cat guts. I love it. Um, so yeah, and she she's at the party and she tells her mum that she's not feeling well because she's she's still really fucking rough. Yeah, and she's not um, feeling well, but her mum doesn't believe her, and she accuses her of being high. So she goes through the motions and she sits down for dinner. Just already said she's feeling super rough and she notices one of the waiters that stands out from the rest and she realizes with horror that he's a ghost and he starts to move towards her with hungry eyes and he crawls over the table now remember while she's seeing this she's pretending that it's not happening because no one else at the table could see it and everyone else is just carrying on as normal oh it's so crazy so they're eating their soup or their their bread rolls whatever it is and now there's this ghost crawling across the table Um, And as he gets over the table, he holds her face and more ectoplasm starts to come out of her her left nostril and her ears. And her mum shouts her name and she comes back into focus into the room and realises that it looks like to everybody she's just puked. Um, She goes upstairs uh, and she lays down on the bed with all the coats because, you know, you know what it's like when there's a party, there's always a coat room. And for a second, she feels relief. Um... But only for a second, because the arms of the coats start to come alive and start to wrap around her. <laughs> so she freaks out and leaves and heads to Amira's, um, because Amira's decided that she's really had enough and she's going to leave town. And it's her leaving do. Erin um, flushes the last of the ghost down the toilet and she's determined that she's not going to have any more. So she's finally reached that point where actually this is not working out and she dumps her stash. So uh, Amira is singing karaoke uh, on the st- at the stage of this bar, 
not very well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell you that bit, that was a struggle bus listening to the audio. <laughs> I mean, I, she had to do it badly. It was like, oh, oh, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> please. <laughs> she did well <laughs> at being terrible. <laughs> um, she's singing Fever and um, and it's a reflection of how she feels about the yep. situation. Um, that everything's it's just her sort of like just emptying her guts her way through this song yeah. about everything that's happening um l- there's a lovely reference here to uh, the yellow wallpaper wasn't there shell oh, and it's so underestimated there's so many people that now aren't aware of that that story novel whatever you want to call it and that's a story of madness isn't it mm-hmm mm-hmm um, and I thought that was that was quite fitting, and it fits in with the um, the fitted floral yellow dress that Amira's wearing. But yeah, the, anyone who hasn't read the yellow wallpaper really needs to to read it. It's basically about a woman's descent into madness. Fantastic. Do you, uh, the author off the top of your head? No idea. No idea. But uh, look it's it up. It's old. It's very old. So just uh, look up that book, the Yellow Wallpaper. Yes. Um, it's really, really short. It's more like a, a little novel, a tiny, tiny little thing. Oh well, nice, easy. So yeah, we'll be looking that one up. Um, we'll probably put the reference when we have the name into the notes when we publish. That's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll pop that in there for y'all. Uh, we so... did mention that it's early, didn't we? Yeah. It... <laughs> We're not quite with it yet, people. We're getting there. Erin um, refers to Amira, Amira's, Amira's fitted yellow dress, as Michelle just said, and uh, says she'll lose herself in a very own version of the yellow wallpaper. Erin's chatting to the barman, and uh, she finds out that Silas and Amara were having a sexual relationship Uh-oh. from the barman. So obviously... This is just, this, it's like one of the last straws for a, like a, mm. you know, that cat gut string, another one's broken, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But before she can even react to what's happened, um, there is a, a lady dancing on the dance floor um, who seems not quite in place, you know. Yep. And she turns, it turns out she is a ghost. And yeah. she approaches Erin and touches her face. Yeah. Uh, it's like they can't stay away from her. No, it's like they're just, just completely drawn. And Erin can see that there are bleeding wounds on this woman's hands and mm. she nearly faints. Uh, she sees a sea of ash everywhere and Erin uh, comes to and Amara is calling her name as she sees the ghost licking her fingers and then mm. sucking. Ooh, her hand into her mouth and and her jaw dislocates. So she's so desperate to get this this ectoplasm that she's got off of Erin that she's yeah she's she's. It was I, so I well feel there going, I feel so queasy just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Erin and Amira go outside uh, and Erin asks if she saw the ghost. Amira says no, but Erin thinks that she's lying. Mm-hmm. They have an argument over Amira sleeping with Silas and Erin goes back to Tobias in the empty house. Bless her. You know, she's just running from disaster to disaster here, isn't she? Yeah, it's like you, she she has this comfort, this fine line of comfort with everyone. And the second that they mess with it, it gives her an excuse to retreat yeah. back into that lifestyle. 
which again is a is, is kind of an addictive behavior isn't it it's that kind of trigger response for for addicts yeah um, when she gets to the house tobias isn't alone um he has a woman open the door and she looks like she's described as looking like a dead betty boop i love that i love that so much. I, and i saw it in my head i saw a dead betty boop absolutely um, she isn't dead but she looks like a dead a betty boop um she tells tobias she needs everything to stop but she, she's totally freaking out and that she's seeing ghosts everywhere um and he says i, I told you to stay um but i think you needed to see the revenants yourself mm. Aaron says the you know the what mate and he what? says uh, <laughs> yeah and he's <laughs> and he says that's what silas called them they're ghosts with no specific home to haunt um and tobias tells her that uh, silas is is there he's with them uh, and in, instead of of stopping uh, like she wanted to uh, she drops more ghost Ush. and is then and is then possessed by silas mhm so a new guest arrives to the house she just an, this ordinary middle-aged woman very well dressed and betty boop asks her for money and her phone erin is really uncomfortable and wants to tell the woman to run but she doesn't you know so she knows that this is not this is a legit setup. no yeah this is all bad she knows exactly what's going to happen to this woman yeah and she's every inch of her wants to warn her but she just she can't do it yeah so they do a seance and the woman invokes um to see her 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 dead child her baby was only a baby yeah. wasn't he wasn't even yeah. didn't even la- yeah. um wasn't around that long bias says to erin do you mind clearing up um after uh, everyone has a job to do so obviously they go through the seance yeah. it's the same thing and the ectoplasm comes out of this lady and it's just kind of like right erin get get cleaning you know just yeah she's gone from being this i need you you're the one to help make all this happen mm-hmm. to a scrubber <laughs> pretty much there's no other way of putting yeah, it. yeah i don't know if it's a well-known slang term over there but it is it's just bottom of the barrel for women really isn't it yeah erin voices her doubts to Tobias about everything but he starts quoting the the bible at her at this point, I was like, "This fucker's setting up a cult." Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent. You could, I mean, I think it was the second Betty Boop answered the door. I was like, "Hmm, mm-hmm. something's afoot." Yeah, very much. So she starts getting twitchy, and she goes into a withdrawal because she's saying now she kind of wants to clear from it. We all know how that goes, don't we? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, she goes into withdrawal in the house, and Tobias says, "Let's find you a job to do." She says, I'm not your cleaner, and points to the door and says... He points to the oh, door. Oh, sorry. Then, sorry, then he points to the door and says, uh, well, get out then. If you're not going to do a job, you can't be here, and you're not going to see Silas ever again. Yeah. He's super on a power trip now. Um, he starts to show her how the pills are made. It's kind of like he's showing off. Um, she's clucking for a fix as he's watching and these, these pills being made. And he holds out a tablet towards her but he won't give it to her until she kisses him on the cheek yeah alarm bells alarm bells um at this point it's clear that tobias is is more of a threat than the ghosts are in my opinion he he's yeah he's more dangerous than than them um she takes the ghost hoping to reach silas uh, and her intention is to ask him to calm tobias down because tobias always listened to him Mm -hmm. Uh, she ends up hearing him 
uh, and ends up having a really weird, bizarre thing. So she ends up hearing Silas and she ends up having dinner with him uh, in this picture perfect illusion. But then she starts to realise that the food is, is off, it's rotten, uh, but she doesn't want to offend him. So she sits down and she starts to eat it anyway because he's being quite pushy. Uh, and the whole whole seance vibe thing starts to feel really, really wrong. And Silas leans forwards and, and cuts her. Yeah, I mean, the thing about what I was picking up from this dinner as well, the conversation is having, talking as if like they're married and they're living in this house yeah. and they're planning on having, he brings up the idea of having kids together. And Erin's yeah. sitting there listening to it all and playing the part, but in her head, mm. she's like, do I want this? Did I ever want any of this? And don't you think that that's a, a reflective uh, of, of, a, of a toxic or abusive relationship where one partner is going along with it just to appease the other? But it's not. It's not only that. It's it's those role, those gender roles that we're taught, and especially women like Erin who've been brought up yeah. in one of those privileged families. Your yeah. role is to marry well, to have kids and carry on a, ne- a family yeah. name, a lineage. That's that's your role. Yeah. So it's and it's everything she's fought against doing. But yet this is it's like, is this like in, in, in her history is, or is this like to what Tobias is forcing on? Is it what Silas was forcing on her? Yeah. You know, thinking, well, this is obviously what you want. But it's it's yeah. not. It never has been. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. So I loved that that whole fight in her head. Like, yeah, I'm following it through. But at the same time, I never wanted this. I never wanted yeah. kids in the first place. You know. So I I loved that scene just for that internal fight that she was having. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, but during it, Silas is is trying to get her to think of other people that she could bring in to yes. benefit from what's yeah. happening who who else would enjoy and he starts saying what about your family yeah you know where the money is you know what about is there anyone you can think of anyone anyone and then a name goes comes into her head and she is forced into saying carly which is silas's sister who yes is so traumatized by silas's death yeah. Um that she she blamed Erin um for mm. for his death for not helping him even though she did as much as she could. They could feed off of Carly Carly's trauma and the euphoria that Silas has at that thought is is disturbing. It's so upsetting. So Carly turns up Carly Carly turns up at their house when she does Erin opens the door to to Carly, to Callie and freaks out. So what are you doing here? Yeah. And yeah. Callie tells it, "Well, you you called me. You told me to come here. You said Silas was here." And she said, "But but Erin never contacted her because that all yeah. happened in in the in the um the part that was kind of like the dream sequence yes. with um Silas. So she never made any contact. So who and how?" Yeah. Was she contacted? So she she just loses it with Callie, tells her to get the hell out. Yeah. She's trying to protect she her. She is, but what had happened in the meantime was that there is this, this apparition in the form of like a child. Yes. But it's not a child. Erin has formed a bond with another way of keeping her in the in the house. 
Yeah. And what would happen? What was happening? This this creature that um, I can't remember what the, what she called him now. Fucking freaky is what it was. It was, but um, Lo- Lonnie, I think the name was. Um, and she was like playing like hide and seek with him around the house. Like he lives in the walls and comes out of cupboards and things like that. Yeah. And the whole and that whole sequence is is her sort of like working her way towards the door, seeing like if she could escape. Yeah. So he she thinks if I run to the door and open it the front door and open it up to it and pretending I'm playing peekaboo with Lonnie, I can run, I can leave, I can get out. And that's yeah. when she opens it and it is Callie at the door. Yeah. Another way to keep her trapped. And I thought that was amazing. And just seeing Callie like screaming, losing her mind at her and getting her to leave. And then she yeah. just kind of stays there. It, it was, yeah, it's it's like everything that she's trying, every time she tries to stop her rain it in, she she's fucked. Something's in the way. Yeah. And then she just has to slowly close that door and yeah. carry on playing peekaboo. Oh, that was so heartbreaking. Just go with her! Run, 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 just go. So at this point, um, don't forget they're on a, a partially built, new build housing estate. Mm. A security guard, he rocks up. He realises that they're there and they're squatting and he rocks up and he wants to kick them out. And Tobias kills him, just kills him. Yeah. Tobias tells her, you know, she's, she's trying to help. She's kicking off. This was a really detailed scene. Um to you know, the, the security guard's now he's dead, he's laying on the floor. Uh, Tobias tells her that she needs to go outside, which is where the revenants are, and move his car. So he's sending her into danger because the the revenants or the ghosts can't get in the house because they've got all these weird symbols that he's painted all over the place. Um, but he's now telling her to go outside where the danger is because don't forget, the moment she sees a ghost, she's tripping off her tits with with all this ghost stuff in her system, they're going to come running at her and try and get ectoplasm and essentially eat her. Mm-hmm. Bit of a zombie vibe there. Yeah. Um, so she, he tells her, go out and you have to move the security guard's car. Um, she manages, as all of this is going on, she manages to steal the guard's phone uh, as Tobias and dead Betty Boop are moving the body to the basement. So they're not putting the body in the car. They're, they're taking it down into the basement. And she manages to get a phone call. Erin manages to get a phone call through to Amira asking for help. She does try her parents, but they hang up on her. That was awful. Just it was really because sad. she got out of the house, hadn't she? And she was, she's at this payphone, and it's like this is the, you know, you think your parents are going to be the one that are going to come and save you. Yeah, you save you. But oh, it was horrible. To oh, it was horrible. Yeah, I, I mean, Amira. Bless her cotton socks. She rocks up to get Erin out. Um, and when she's she comes into the house and then Erin sees a shadowy shape that she thinks is Silas come behind her. And Mira can't see it, but then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it starts to choke her. Erin uh, says to the thing, you're, you're not Silas, are you? And it shakes yeah. its head at her. And she realises that it may not have been Silas that she was connecting with. Um, and it releases loads of, of these spore yep. things into the air. Oh, my word. And she blacks out. So she comes to, and Tobias is telling some of the housemates, because obviously it's built and built and built with these people just coming to the house, that she's um, OD'd. And she comes to, and Tobias tells uh, some of the housemates, because obviously it's built and built and built to this, like we say, cult status. Mm. She needs to be that... He's told them that she's OD'd and she needs to be moved into one of the other houses on the uh, estate so she can have and 
Yeah. They're not into it whatsoever. Yeah, and I think that was because it a kind of a punishment, so she wouldn't be able to haunt the house. But it also leads to something else at the end, and a reveal later on. So they take they they lift the body and they put her into uh, Amira's car, but instead of taking her to one of the houses because I don't they don't think she deserves it, they just dump her on like the side of the highway. Yeah, wrapped up in this in this tarp. So she ends up working her way out of this tarp, like with a little finger, and you know she's fighting for survival. She gets out of this tarp yeah. eventually, and then she's walking along the highway. Cop finds her and yeah. asking her if she's okay, if she's been hurt or anything. And all she can do is just, just script, like, "I want to go home. I need to go home." Yeah. And the cops trying to like lead her back to the car. He's like, "That's the wrong way. I need to go home." Yeah. which is back to the house. But eventually the, the police get her into the car and they take her to the hospital uh, yeah. to detox her. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say it because this, this bit was just horrific. It turns out the ghost mushroom spores have been growing in her bloodstream. Ooh. She There is mushrooms in her blood. Yeah, it's growing. It's yeah. growing. My jaw... How it hit the floor, reading that. Yeah. Oh, you clever, clever man, Clay. It Definitely. Was, oh dear God. Because that kind of explains why, uh, even in between taking Ghost, why the Ghosts of the Revenants are still attracted to you, because you've still got that stuff in your system. Yeah. So then there is this entire thing. So she is strapped to this bed. She can't go. Where they're trying to detox her through medical purposes, you can only imagine she's in a hospital. Yeah. yeah. So all these revenants are coming to They're her. Everywhere. And so she, you know, she's in peace. This is disgusting. They're all over her. They're licking and, you know, all the mm. toxins that are coming out of her body. But it's like, and in some way, it's like it, it's detoxing her. Faster. Faster. Yeah. So they're kind of like, so because where it's, it's almost like she's sweating it out. They're not having to go too deep mm. into it at the same time. Yeah. So everything's coming out of the surface and that's where, you know. So eventually they, they've kind they you know, they've given up and she pretends that she, she's clean and then um she needs then she escapes and makes her way back to the house. And you're thinking, What the right, it's out of you, what are you doing? Yeah. Come on, this is oh, another chance. But no, she yeah. has to get back to the house. So she she confronts Tobias yeah. when she gets back to the house and she discovers that he's actually Silas. So Silas has, has possessed Tobias yeah. and he forces her to take more pills. She, she goes to the front door, so she knows that this is not going to end well. Um, and she goes to the front door and she opens it and she invites all the revenants in. Oh my God. So that protective house and circle now is, is, is broken. Yeah. She runs down to the basement and she discovers some bodies. They've been using the bodies to grow more mushrooms. So she cops the hump, obviously, and she set fire to it all. Oh, but Michelle, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there's this whole ending between the revenants coming in and what happens. So what happens upstairs and what happens in the basement downstairs? Is the yeah. reason I cannot eat mushrooms for the next couple of months. I swear to God. Lightweight, lightweight. Oh, it, <laughs> the, how grossly beautiful the descriptions of what happens are. 
It, yeah, I mean, there's 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 mushroom bodies moving. It's, yeah. it's so visceral. Yep. I, it's it 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 is one of the most grotesque things I've ever read. But you know, it was it was beautiful. it was beautiful. It was stunning. Yes. Oh God, Clay, what have you done to me with this book? I swear to God. <laughs> She's a little bit in love with you. <laughs> I don't blame this, her, but she's a little bit in love. This with her. oh my god, this writing was insane. It was so good, so good. And as I said, I've just re-listened to it now, and it's like, yep, can't eat mushrooms again for a bit. <laughs> 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 Obviously, when, once all that's happened, so she's you know, the house is burnt down. Tobias with yep. it, it's sort of like burnt to cinders. You think it's going to be a fresh new start? She goes back to her mm. life, but then after a while. She feels ready to go back to the estate and it's been all rebuilt and she watch, she's watching a new family move into where the house used to be. Because it's, it's, yeah, she's clean now, um, but at the same time we find out that she's had to open a rehab yes. centre because Ghost has taken off as the new drug of choice. Yeah, so it's so much so that there are Ghost-specific AA meetings now. Yeah, but she feels ready to go back, and you know, to where where it all happened. To kind, of, I think the idea mm, was for closure reasons, but was it really? Yeah. Um. So she sees this new family moving into the house, and uh, she approaches the house and sees a fairy ring. Warning! Yeah. Warning! Those of you who don't know, fairy ring is a circular a circle of mushrooms, and um, she picks one up plays with it, puts it towards the mouth just to feel it, and then pops it into her pocket. Yes. Yeah. Now she's saying at this point she looks up at this new house that these people have moved into, and in what looks like a kid's bedroom, she thinks she sees a mirror. And then she leaves with the mushroom in her pocket. Boom! I mean... Now, we haven't touched... A fraction of the stuff that's in this book. I mean, that is the basic, basic, non-finesse summary of the book. It is beautiful. I, I absolutely adore, as I said before, some of the descriptive but subtle language in there that is, is in your subconscious, it triggers the horror. Like, you know, we've, we've spoken about the cat gun strings and the Karen of crows typing. There was lots, lots more. I, I, I was absolutely in love with this book i couldn't put it down i once i started that was it it was boom 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 annette loved it so much she's done it twice so she did the preview version which was a hard copy and she went back and did the audio version you know what and it lost nothing it lost zero it was still just as powerful on a second read and we're only talking a matter of about three months between yeah i mean to to read a book twice is a big thing anyway for me I don't tend to yep. do that very much unless it's a children's book. Um, but no, I, three months later, I've gone straight back into an audio version and it's lost none of the magic. It's still there. And in fact, you know, y- you pick up on different things like where you picked up on the, the yellow wallpaper, and uh, you know, with the, yep. with the with the dress. I didn't even see that. And then again, with the, the little black dress being that through line for things, for me, it was yep. um, going back and the whole thing about the history and like how we hide history, like as much as you yep. try to bury it. So like with a tale, 
like Richmond, Virginia, they, they'll have like the yep. murals and the new replacing the statues, which is replacing, yeah. the, you know, but it's like once that mark has been made, there yeah. is no getting that scar lives forever. And yeah. that's also yep. not only was it about the city, it was about the scars in the house, even though you've got this fresh, new, clean house. Yeah. They're making scars. And then there's, then it goes into Amara's body and that scar of removing that fetus, mm. that scar still yeah. remains. That op- And it's all, and it just, oh, God. It's mm. mind-expanding. It really is. I mean, we've said before in the sneak peek, and we've said now, if you can't tell, we loved it. It's highly recommended. He He's on one of my watch lists now, my author watch list. Yeah. Um, and I, I intentionally try to keep those lists small, um, but he's he's on there and he's probably in the top three now. Um, and I, you know, thank you so much um, to Clay for allowing us to have that preview copy. We, I'm glad that we read it together because I'm not sure I could have, have not given so much away to anybody else. Where at least we were able to tag each other in and have conversations about it. It was, it was, it's amazing. Absolutely, totally, and utterly, fucking, thoroughly love it. I don't, I don't think we can boost your ego anymore if we tried. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, again, just to reiterate, thank you so much, Clay. But everyone, I think that's it for our Halloween special. thank you for listening please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to two crones in a book you can find us at all the usual spots and please look up um clay as well on all your social medias get following him he's an absolute star yep happy Happy Halloween. halloween spooky season bye guys thank you for listening to another episode of two crones in a book If you want to follow the show on social media for extra content, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube and Facebook at Two Crones and a Book. And on Twitter, we are at Two Crones Pod. Or if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great day.